0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey, and our special guest is Dr. Heather Kelly. Heather, it's been a pretty wet spring. It's pouring down rain as we're recording this podcast. Are we in a um, a high-risk year for crop disease?
1: Well, definitely with the rain and the warmer temperatures we've had, there's definitely some diseases that that could be prevalent. Um, It's really going to depend on multiple factors, though. So hopefully seed treatments uh, have you know been put on the seed? We don't always need an over treatment, but field history will play a role in that. So both uh, soybean, corn, and cotton, um, you know, are at risk without a seed treatment. Most of the time, everything does come with a treatment on it already, and sometimes the base is good enough. Um, but knowing what's on your seed will really help you if you do end up in a situation where you're thinking you might have uh, a seedling disease issue. Mm. And so with that, you might initially just see weaker seedlings or uh, areas that aren't emerging where, other, where the majority of the field is. So we have uh, general terms called dampening off. There's seed rots. Um, and really, for the most part, most of the symptoms you see for seedling diseases won't tell you what specific pathogen is actually the problem. Um, you actually have to get samples into the lab where we isolate it in in the lab with media and look at it under a scope to say yes it was fusarium or pythium or phytophthora or maybe rhizoctonia rhizoctonia is the one exception where you might see what we call sore shins that are lesions on the the stems um that can cause dampening off but it can also cause seed rot and so first and foremost you kind of kind to assess your situation.
0: Specifically what symptoms are you looking for uh, at this time of year for seedling diseases and then kind of talk a little bit about how to look for those symptoms. Is it as simple as looking or do you need to get out there and dig some plants up?
1: Well initially it is as simple as just looking um, because if you you are walking the field and you have a good uniform stand uh, you should be fine if everything looks pretty vigorous Um, Obviously, there's probably different areas of the field that just might be weaker soils that just regardless are going to have weaker stands, but that also might be the area where you have a seedling disease issue. Um, But uh, also to notice if you do see problems with stands and vigor, to notice, well, what's the pattern in the field? Um, Because what I have received so far was a suspect seedling disease issue, but it turned out to be a herbicide injury issue. Um, And so definitely looking at the overall pattern in the field can be a a good indicator of, well, is it actually seedling disease or could it be a herbicide injury? And that's either from what went went out this spring or what was sprayed even last year with a residual holdover. And so that's where it can get a little tricky because obviously the lower lying areas of the field that hold water would be your higher risk areas for seedling disease but also you might have herbicides settle in those areas that could also be showing up. So it can be a little tricky so again knowing that you did have a fungicide on the seed that was at least two different active ingredients and that's because one active ingredient needs to cover our true uh, fungal pathogens usually Fusarium rhizoctonia and then another component that covers the oomycetes. They're fungal-like pathogens and that would be your Phytophthora and Pythium. And so, as long as you you at least know that you had that protection, you know, then we start to investigate to make sure we rule out other things before then we probably get samples and start to isolate in the the lab to identify the specific pathogen. But unfortunately, if the stand is damaged enough, you know, the option is going to be to replant. Mm Um, and that's always kind of situational dependent. I,
0: and, and I know it's hard to get into specifics about the replant, but do you have maybe a general rule or, or recommendations about what, what point you do make that replant decision?
1: Well, it takes a, you know, it really comes down to the economics of it to some extent. Um, Uh, And what can go back into the field, and also what the yield potential is. Um, Usually, you know, maybe around 30% in in general across the board, but that can be uh, crop specific. It might change, go up or down. And depending on is it just one area, Um, definitely it's still best to. Usually, you don't want to necessarily, again, it's kind of crop uh, specific. Um, just replant, spot replant. That's not always the best because then you're gonna have plants at different maturity but it just varies. A lot of times soybean and depending on the time period difference it would be might even up and catch up and it wouldn't be that big a deal but with corn and cotton definitely sometimes it can be much more problematic doing that so it would be much better if you do need to replant, replant the entire area or the just you know the quarter of the field or the half of the field that's the most damaged um, to ensure uh, you still get a very good crop from that area.
0: Lastly, I know we want to hit on wheat a little bit. Anything uh, anything to tell us about wheat?
1: With the rain we're getting now, you know, shortly after bloom, depending upon when the wheat was planted, um, our risk for head scab has increased to moderate in most areas of West Tennessee, a little bit in Middle Tennessee area. Uh, and so, but uh, right now wheat, it's just going to be kind of a, a watch and wait game. Um, bloom is the last time period you can put out a fungicide. Um, we, did, we do have some stripe rust in the area. And so if a fungicide was not sprayed, that could easily blow up. Um, and as the temperatures continue to get warmer, we'll probably get some leaf rust that blows into the area. And then again, uh, as it, the season progresses, you don't actually see the fusarium head blight. Uh, symptoms until uh, after bloom, Uh, but before maturity you might see some kernels or heads that look like they're maturing ahead of time and at closer examination there might be some orange or salmon cow collars along with those kind of bleached out areas and that is the the fusarium that causes the head blight or head scab. Again nothing to do at that time but to still take note of it And, uh, you know, take record to see if a fungicide was sprayed, when was it sprayed, and what was it, what variety. And also to take into consideration the field history. Because all of that will play a role in if you will have an issue with that disease um, in coming uh, seasons in the same location. All right, and Heather, where can
0: people go to find more information about uh, fungicides and disease issues throughout the year?
1: Our uh, mobile-friendly guide site, so that's guide dot utcrops.com um, with that it, we're always updating and adding uh, more information not just about diseases but also insects our fungicide uh, efficacy tables and insecticide tables are there and again that's guide dot as well as always our news dot is our blog article where we Uh, put up articles about breaking uh, news for uh, either diseases, insects, weeds, as well as agronomic issues and, and, and all of that. So if you don't subscribe to that, that's a good location to get information also. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. This is Call of the Week. We'll talk next
0: week.